Hey, this is uh, Jamal Fenner uh, from Austin, Texas, LBJ Early College High School. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you're not talking about sports in the man cave, you no, nah, I bet not. So you're not a man. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the ad. Episode 30 of Stories Inside the Man Cave. And just like uh, COVID-19 and the effects of high school and college football, we are changing weekly. A format change beginning with this episode 30. Only two segments. And we have a pretty solid lineup here. We are going to keep this football related. We have a mixture of high school and college football coaches. And we begin with a, I don't know if he wants me to call him a legend yet. He's still rather young as a coach. Uh, John Walsh, first season at San Marcos High School, won state championships at Denton Geyer with a familiar name, Gerard Hurd and his son, Friend of the program. We're back at Oklahoma State. Coach Walsh, your first season at San Marcos, and you're dealing with a pandemic. That's everything you could ever ask for, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. I mean, it's every day is a new day. Uh, and, and all you can do is get a great plan for what's ahead of you, but that plan changes. It really changes daily. And uh, I don't know, I don't have anxiety, but coaches who do have anxiety, I, I feel for them. I hope they got a lot of meds in the cabinet because. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a daily grind, Coach. It's Mike. Hey, so what are you doing right now to kind of like keep your players mentally prepared, right? Because they've all got social media these days. They're all seeing what's going on. You know, they're watching. You know, the big news in college football yesterday was half the call. You know, Big Ten and the Pac-12 aren't going to play. Other conferences like the SEC and the Big Twelve are saying they are. How do you mentally keep them on the grind and prepared? Yeah, it's been great, you know, because I've only been on the job for two months, but I told this group of, you know, and we're working out the guys and the girls. Uh, Hayes County is still letting us do our strength camp, so we're we're doing all the safety precautions that are out there, and, and we're getting to work them. So, but I talked to them about the speed of trust. You know, they just have to trust. Uh, if they want to win quick, then they got to trust quick. So they've been trusting us. I mean, everything we've we've just paid. I told our staff that it's our job that no matter what the 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 world is doing in the sports uh, in the sports facet or what is what's going on locally we have to have our kids got to have a great direction and um, as plans change I just communicate I heard about the Big Ten we talked about it told them we don't play in the Big Ten we're good we play at UIL so UIL's rocking and rolling hey coach uh, you established a a program in Denton, which was rather new, and built them and established them into a annual winner. But at the same time, you you see what San Marcus has: tremendous facilities. Would it be safe to say that San Marcus is just hungry? They want a winner, but it's just there's this one last step because San Marcus seems like it has that opportunity to be built into a contender every year. Man, you're exactly right. You know, I when I you know, I was looking for a one-horse town. Uh, I, I really enjoy the building process of of our profession. You know, I could have I could have easily, with the resume, waited for a you know a, a, a guy already or an Alito or a or a, a team that's always in the playoffs. But that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for exactly what the question was. I'm looking for a hungry one-horse town, and they're hungry. Uh, they look a hole right through us when we talk to them, and so you can just tell uh, they're eating everything we 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 feed them. 
<laughs> and uh, and you're right. We got we got facilities, and I'm gonna tell you the talent base there is better than I than I than I imagined going into it. So I'm a man. I'm fired up. I hope I hope COVID doesn't keep us off because I think I think the Rattlers are gonna make some noise quicker than people think. I like that. I love hey, coach, it. So I haven't. We've had like coach, you know, Todd Dodge on and coming from up north down the West Lake and. And I didn't ask him this. I'm going to ask you. Coming with that pedigree of, you know, your legendary quote-unquote resume, Sean kind of alluded to, what are the expectations in town? Are people walking up to you, giving you the old small town, hey, coach, you know, can't wait for a championship? Or are they, you know, we're just lucky to have this guy? What, and what mentality do you have switching from where you were to where you're at now? Yeah, that's a great question, you know, because it's um, – it is different, you know. It, well, you get to a place and you build a place like Todd was at South Lake, uh, at Geyer or the Allens, the expectation um, is just kind of a given. There's not much talk about it, you know, it's a given. So there is a lot of talk in San Marcos. And I don't think they they expect us to come out and, and be playing for state championships year one. Um, but they they that hunger uh, is there. And, and I think with us coming in as a staff, the expectation was set when we got hired. So um, not to the extent that they want a winner, you know, and, and winning takes phases, um, but it, it can happen quick. You know, we went from one in 19 at Geyer to sitting in the semis two straight years in a title game the fifth year. So uh, it can happen quick. The, the small town talk, uh, man, what I love about the talk in San Marcos is it's all Rattler. I mean, there's no, I don't have to share when I, when I go to the grocery store, it's all Rattler. It's not, it's right. not three different schools going to buy them spaghetti noodles. It's all of it. It's all, it's all one school buying them up. That's awesome. Hey, Coach, I, I alluded to it at the opening and the beginning of this interview. Uh, I had the privilege to cover your son, J.W., when he was uh, at Oklahoma State. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sh- – he is on the staff with you at San Marcos, correct? No, sir. He's, on oh. the, he's, with, he's at Texas. Oh. Uh, so at at – um, when he was at OSU, his offensive coordinator was Mike Yersich. Right. So Mike Yersich got hired at Texas. He brought him on as an offensive analyst right now. So uh, he's, awesome. working, he's working uh, in, in that quarterback room with, with uh, Coach Yersich. Well, that's actually really – I, See, I don't know how I missed that. Maybe I, I just uh, – in my older age, my mind is uh, not firing <laughs> on all cylinders, so to speak. I missed that somehow. Super cool. Hey, do you, are you in talks as uh, – as a coach at San Marcos, Jake, come over there and kind of chatted with you and, and like, hey, you know, you got any talent? We want to keep them local, this type of stuff? Or is it more just your standard coaches calling, hey, who do you got type of jazz? When, but given you've only been there two months as well, right? So, yeah, you the, know, the I guess, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the, the recruiting process hasn't been, hadn't been hitting on all cylinders anyways, you know. So, it's um, – but we do have some kids that need to get on the field that I can tell can play. And uh, so it's just been normal for me. We, we've been reaching out to the contacts we have. Luckily, we've poured a bunch out there into the, into the college world. So, um, you know, the, the coaches are asking what we got, and then we're able to give them, give them a good platform of what, what San Marcos has already. Say, say there's a parent that is just listening who lives in Austin, right, and their kid goes to – we'll just use Austin High, and they, they want to help get their kid noticed more. And you've, you've sent, you know, Gerard Haird to – uh, the University of Texas, your son played at Oklahoma State. What are some advices you can give 
to some of the parents listening who have kids are like, Hey, I want to get my kid noticed, see where it goes from there. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's kind of, it, are you asking me in general, you're asking me in the COVID times because in general, uh, just in, yeah, general, yeah, in general, in general, it's, um, it's real simple. And they, and, and parents are vulnerable because of social media and all these, uh, seven on seven coaches and, uh, people who think they can put these beautiful drills together with cones on the internet. And all of a sudden they're a great DB coach, you know? So yeah. they, they get preyed on quite a bit and they get told, you better do this, you better do that. But here's the bottom line. You got to put good film on, you, you got to put good film out there and then your coach has got to champion you. So you, you, I would tell the parents, you take care of home base. You take care of, uh, if you're, you take care of Austin high football, you take care of that coach, do everything right. I'm not against working outside, but you better put that good film on and you better hope that coach is champion you because in the end, when those college coaches come talk, they're not asking those uh, those uh, city park coaches what, 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 what they got. They're asking yeah, us. The head coach, yeah. yeah. Well, Coach Walsh, been a pleasure. We're going to try to visit you down in San Marcos. And welcome to uh, the Austin, Texas area. You're in a wonderful place. And one of your members of your coaching fraternity, Coach LaPlante from Hutto, is waiting in the and the front door of stories inside the man cave. We appreciate you. And we'll be in touch. And good luck this season. And Let's all uh, pray that we – I think we will at least start this season. I think so, too. I think so, too. I appreciate it. Hey, Coach. Hey, you, you, coach. Have a great one. you take care. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Amazing interview, Big Mike. Um, J.W. Walsh. Yeah, man. J.W. Walsh's father. <laughs> J.W. Walsh's father. Man, you're all over the place today. We need to get yeah. you some coffee. Exactly. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, really cool that – I would love to get his son on at some point just to right. – I wish we had more time to say, hey, what is it going and, and playing against one of your rivals? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, exactly. How, how I'm coaching there. So, yeah. Coach. Coach LeBlanc. Listen, first of all, I'm just going to say go Hippos. I graduated in 2002 from <laughs> Hutto. Yeah, back when all we had was that Sonic and the uh, – I think they were building that Chicken Express right behind <laughs> by the tennis courts when I was there. Still one story. Uh, super – Super cool. Coach Pendleton was my football coach. I wasn't <laughs> was 160 pounds. I was on kickoff return. I didn't do much, but uh, really excited yeah. to have you on today. Well, Appreciate that. You know, you are no stranger now. We uh, For people who are maybe listening for the first time or they're maybe getting in tune with high school football in the Austin area, uh, confirm this. You, I think you told my story. You, you, your football roots take you to Minnesota. Yes, started there. Yes, sir. Minnesota. Worked your way down to Texas, and, you know, it's, it's been a dream for you because uh, you, you did uh, serve under Coach Van Meter, who is the shortest retirement I've ever heard of or seen. You, twice. You know, <laughs> twice. Yeah, twice. Uh, last year, you guys had a great year at Huddle, but at the same time, you have a bigger obstacle, the highest classification in Texas, which is – how I know you, you love challenges. This is not, the, not that big of a deal to you, is it? Well, it, it is what you make of it. I mean, we don't need to change what we're doing because we're going to 6A, but we better be ready for it and we better respect what's going to be there waiting for us. But, I, you know, I, I feel our kids are, are ready for it. You know, everybody thinks of Hutto being the little 2A town, like, you know, Mike has said. Well, and, that's exactly – did you see my face react when yeah. you were like, 6A, like we were 2A, <laughs> and I graduated like 63 people in my class. Right. 
Right. So, you know, we, we've come, you know, a long way since, since I've been here, you know, we're going to probably open up with, I suppose, 2,460 for a first day of school number. Uh, when I got here, I think we were barely over 1,700. And wow. we won't talk about back in the 1912 days when Mike was. Uh, well, hang on, hang on, coach. I'm only 37. Let's not be, I'm still younger than Sean. Let's not throw me under the bus too much. I do have a bad back now. So that, that's part of it. Well, she had wow. to carry all those people on kick return towards the end zone, man. It happened. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. I think I was on one of those. Um, so you came to Hutto. You've, you've got some pretty good talent now, right? When I was there, I think it was, it was a big deal. We sent our running back to play linebacker at North Texas, and our punter went to Rice. Um, we had um, – who was, who, who was the quarterback, Sean? I'm Four. blanking. Uh, Griffin. We had Griffin on oh, the Chase other day. Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had Chase Griffin on. Um, you've sent some defensive ends out. You've got one right now that's getting a lot of looks. I heard he got his first scholarship before he even played a snap in high school football. Yeah, um, I think this is a hoax because you guys have me on it. He might be making a commitment in about a, a minute and 37 seconds. Dang it. Dang it. That's, right. that's awesome. Well, congratulations to him. What things happen for a reason, timing wise. Yeah. Given, given sure. the fact that Given the fact that from what it was to what it is now, how do you help guide the kids in Hutto? Because Hutto's still, I mean, it's still Hutto, right? There's, what, 20,000, 30,000 people there now, but it's still a very close-knit community. There's hippos all over in people's yards. How are you guiding and help guiding these kids when, when all these coaches are starting to come to Hutto? Well, we're in a great location for recruiting, let's say that. And, and the fact that there have been, you know, so many good – players beforehand and they keep on coming and and hopefully developing through our system you know right, that's a big thing. Coach, coach Halliburton and uh our coaching staff uh our, our guys have done a really nice job and of course that starts with our youth football program so we meet with them every year and we talk about vertical alignment it, it goes to both our two middle schools and those great coaches that have been around we, we vertically align with, with them too and then you know our, our kids see what we're doing at the varsity level as freshmen during during string camp and just the fact that our kids are awesome and they, they can just follow along with what we're trying to do. They're hungry. It's, it's easy for a freshman to come into a program and be hungry when there's been success. Right. They want to keep that success going. They look up to the older guys and, and they want to know uh, what's going on. But I think the fact that we have such a, you know, motivated and driven coaching staff, you know, we're going to coaches clinics. We want to learn the, the newest play, the newest scheme. What's the best drill? It's not, we, we haven't been doing the same thing since 2014. Now in 2020, we're, you know, we're trying to get better and in a lot of different ways. And, and certainly it's our coaches um, getting out on social media and, and pushing uh, the names of uh, our kids. And when we have a recruiter here uh, in the office, we're serving those recruiters and, and, and making sure that they have pertinent information when they walk in the door they truly have a good feel for what that kid uh, has done for us. So we just had uh, Coach Walsh on down in San Marcos, and I asked him the same question. Um, how are you keeping your kids focused with everything going on in the world right now? You know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 just announced they're not playing. They've all got social media. I'm sure they're asking you a million questions. you got parents coming in asking you a million questions. How do you keep everything – like you just said, vertically in line to get ready for the football season? Well, you know, and, you know, even going back to high school, for me, I think I've been 
trained and I've done a good job just, just to keep out the noise. And you can only focus on the controllables. Control what you can control. You know, I, I can see, you know, Sean driving down the highway right now and, and concentrating on the road and, and all these, you know, fancy cars going by him and, and good looking women and they're whistling at him and he can't get distracted <laughs> by that stuff. He's got to control what he can control and keep it between the lines going down uh, I-35 or, or Highway 79. And our, our kids do a great job with that. You know, everybody comes at Hutto. You know, we're the hippos. We're, we're known as, as that awesome mascot. We're the one horse town. Everybody comes for us. They, they give us our best game. So I think our kids do a great job of controlling what they can control. And that's getting up and getting to breakfast. And, and they're here at 6 a.m. ready to go. And, and they've been just rocking out a, a, a great summer. And, the, you know, the other part of it is we're real with them. When we know information, we push it out to our families and, and to our kids. If we don't know something, it's okay. We tell them we don't know it. So they know when we know something concrete and we're going to react to it and it's time to get after it, they, they just jump. How high, Coach? That's, that's what our, our kids are really, really good at. All right, Coach, one last question. Uh, we have two last questions. This is Sean's last question. I got one more for you. My last question. <laughs> you, what a lot of people aren't aware of is you have – created quite an all-star cast of a coaching staff and you mentioned keeping you know tuning out the noise how do you tune out the noise between your longhorn for life mike adams and your former a&m quarterback jake hubenak well that just tells you how tough i am if i've got to separate them out every day sean you know i've got to work hard at that and i, I got to get my weight workout in here with the squats and, and bench and cleans and all that stuff to stay in shape to to separate them, but no, great guys, really, really great guys. They're, they're, it's just uncanny and un, uncommon on how they love kids and kids gravitate to them. They want to do the right things. Um, it, it just shows that, you know, good people can go anywhere and do different things and even in different eras, you know, let's face it, Mike's a little older uh, than Jake, but you know, when you've got a, a coaching staff in that office working towards a, uh, a common goal, it really comes together. So they wanted to be part of what Hippo Nation uh, represents. So, I, you know, I've been talking to, to Jake for a couple of years, and it wasn't like I advertised a job and he put in a, uh, a resume. I've been working on him for a couple of years, and I've known Mike. You know, his kids went to school here and, and known them for, for years and, and been working on him. So there are certain people that I want in here working side by side with you know it's not like i'm up here and they're here we're side by side working every day for for our kids and our kids know that they they know that we have a, a love for each other and a love for those kids so those two have fit in really well and they've elevated our coaching staff and done a great job that's amazing i love it all right coach last question everybody has from hotto knows the knows their own version of the story of how we became the hippos what is your interpretation or how you learned about the legendary story of how Hutto became the hippos. No, that was the one, I guess, with the train, the circus train yeah. came into town and, and dropped it. You know, I, I try to change it every now and then and, and say that the train, you know, took a, a wide left and went up to Rochester, Minnesota, and they picked up the hippo there and brought him back down and then something happened there. But they tell me that's not a, a very good version that way, Mike. I'm going to so. have to agree with him, Coach. I don't like that one either. We'll stick with the – it was eating all the boats in the lake, and that's how we began. <laughs> good stuff. Coach, I appreciate it. Next time you see Mr. David Lampy, tell him Mike Murphy says hello. You see him walking in the halls. And uh, thank you so much. This was an honor. 
Can't wait to get out to Hideout and meet you in person. That'd be great. Come on over. And it's always good to meet uh, former hippos who will always be hippos. And and, uh, appreciate you talking about our our kids and and our staff today. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Hey, um, I think we may have got Landon Watson. I think he just committed to TCU. Your defensive end, it looks like he has committed to TCU as we speak. So when this podcast is published, it will be on Friday. Today is when we're recording this is Wednesday. Landon's one of the better kids. Is a, I, I guess, Coach, if you want to comment on him real quick, you've had a lot of kids who are coachable. And follow up on after that on, on, what it, on what it feels like for you, having these kids – helping them get to college in D1, D2, D3, what it is, what it means for you as a coach. Right, right. Well, so, so Landon came to us as a freshman, and he didn't have the average body of a freshman. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit more uh, developed, toned up. In fact, you know, my wife, she did D2 uh, softball coaching, and she came through the weight room during uh, strength camp, and I just happened to look over at, at the squat rack as she was coming through after her morning run and I said hey we got a new kid coming in and you know she wouldn't know if he was a transfer or not and I said well how how old do you think he is "Ah, probably a junior well at that time he was an eighth grader going to be uh, a freshman if that tells you what he looked like at at that time and you know he's been nothing but great and and taking coaching uh, ever since you know he's played fullback he's played tight end he's played defensive end he's probably gonna play some outside uh, linebacker this year you know that that tells you the the prototype body that has that versatility but you know if you look out at any time we're, we're doing sprints or running the stairs um, he is giving absolute great effort he, he's in the best shape he's ever been so whatever's gone on away from us from March until now and everything that he's done here he, he is in absolute fantastic shape and he's got a great family that supports him uh, he's done a lot of research on the side uh, on a lot of the programs that he's looked at and, and what he wants. And he knows it's just not a, a two-year decision. You know, it's no different than us. When he walks out uh, our door across our stage, that's not the end of our relationship. We had a little bit of a part to help him where he wants to go. He's not my player. He's one of our players. He's one of the hippos. He'll always be, um, you know, we don't have ownership over him as a coaching staff. We're happy to support all of our kids. And that's our job to get them to be, right. to um, higher levels and play at higher levels and help out their academics and better their futures. He, he's just a, a big shining star example uh, of what can happen when you, uh, when you work hard and you're a good person. Of course. Well, I transferred down my senior year of high school from Boise, Idaho. And there's a coach named coach Bueno. Uh, one of the math coaches. I think, I think I heard a rumor his kid came through the program. Um, but yeah, that one of the coaches in Hutto that really like helped prepare me after graduating high school and, you know, would always pull me aside, just have regular conversations too, not just about football or basketball or sports, but in general, just life and what to be prepared for. So that's really cool to hear, Coach. Yes, sir. Hey, Coach LaPlante, a new friend of the program, friend for life for all of us here. Uh, we will come visit you in Hutto, a destination for elite Donation. football talent. Coach LaPlante, we'll be in touch, man, and good luck and Let's all, let's all keep positive thoughts that nothing interrupts this football season we're about to start. That's right. Keep it positive. Good hey, job. Appreciate you, buddy. We'll be in touch. Okay. Have a great day, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Bye-bye.
Hey, we'll take a quick break. But on the other side of this break, Coach Mo returns. He's been working hard and training the next level athlete. And we have more interviews from familiar voices and faces in high school and college. We'll see you on the other side of this break. Hey guys, this is Sean Clinch. We always try to promote uh, charitable organizations, but there's one that I found really interesting that really reaches out and helps uh, those in need in the community. It's called Divine Canines. They provide free therapy dog services across Central Texas. They help people like our elderly cope with nasty diseases like Alzheimer's on their visits, hospitalized patients, even children struggling with literacy, children, adults with physical disabilities. You can help this organization maintain their track by donating to divinecanines.org. Welcome back to Stories Inside the Man Cave, episode 3-0, a special edition. We're talking football and, need I say, COVID, but we are optimistic because the Big 12 is going to play and pursue as well as high school and UIL level, we, we spoke to three other coaches in, in segment one. Now we speak to one of the respected names in the Big 12, a former Longhorn, the pride of Waltrip High School in Houston, the Van Malone from the Little Apple at Kansas State. Coach Malone, how are you doing? I'm great. Good to be on with you guys. Welcome. First off, you guys, was it a relief Tuesday night when everyone was informed, the Big 12 voted in favor of still going in the direction to pursue a football season? Well, you know, one of the things that we've dealt with with our players and, and with our fans and with our families at home is just the uncertainty of how the season would progress. And so to be, get the news that, that we would travel, that we would continue to uh, forge ahead was, uh, was very positive coaches here at Kansas State. Now we're about to be joined by LBJ head coach uh, Jamal Fenner. He is joining us uh, and coach Van Malone from K-State. We have a loaded session here with stories inside the man cave episode 30. Coach Fenner, welcome. Welcome. How you doing, Sean? How you doing? Man, How doing good. Doing? We got uh, Coach Mo down and below with the red and white and uh, Mike Murphy at the top with the uh, yeah. blue shirt. Um, talking to Coach Van Malone at K-State, um, as you look forward, and let's just kind of remove COVID from the situation. You guys are going to a second year with a new coaching staff, K-State. There's a tradition there. How would you describe that, that people who have not ever tasted what it's like there in Manhattan, Kansas? But, you know, I had an opportunity in, in other places that I coached to, to come to Manhattan and to experience the, the fan base, to experience the energy that uh, the K-State fans operate with. And it was, uh, it's, I mean, it's always a hard place to play when you're an opponent. Uh, the fans are very supportive of their team and they're a loyal base and they've kind of been that way uh, over a long course of time. The fact that Coach Schneider had been here many years and had taken this program and grown it so well. It, um, I mean, it's it, across the country, I think he as a head coach has gotten great respect for that. So we as a staff, as we step in 
lot of times when you step into a new situation, you walk into a program that's broken. Uh, but we don't feel that way. We feel like we walk into a situation that was uh, uh, an optimal one to to walk into. And feel like it's a, it's from a program standpoint a sleeping giant. So we're excited for the future, of State football. So I'll kind of ask both you coaches. Um, we've had a couple other high school coaches on today here in the Central Texas area. How are you keeping the kids' minds straight? Right, coach, you. Uh, Malone, you're you're hearing that you know the Pac-12, the Big Ten just said they're not playing until possibly the spring. Uh, Bowlesby, the commissioner for the Big 12, just came out and said that we might the Big 12 now might be playing in the spring. He's not quite sure yet either. And then for high school coach Finner, I mean, how you got these kids? I'm sure they're watching what's going on in college. Uh, you know, how how do you keep their mind straight and and get them day to day and not let them kind of you know get too far into the weeds? Yeah, so, you know, we, we really just try to teach, our, like, preach to our kids that we got to focus on today, you know, and we only have control over today. And so that's our primary focus with our kids is getting them to see that no matter what the circumstance is, they got to put forth their best effort for that day and just win the day. You know, uh, obviously when they see the, what's happening at the collegiate level, you know, you think it's an automatic uh, domino effect. But, you know, all we're trying to do is continue to encourage our guys to develop themselves and stay focused, you know, because there's challenges and everything that, that, that we face in life. And so really it's a teachable moment in life for us. And uh, that's what we use football. We use it as a tool to help prepare uh, our young men to a transition into real life situations. So we just try to encourage them and, and we keep them engaged, you know. They don't always like the virtual deal, but we keep them engaged online and we try to make sure that they that we are there to support them even uh, emotionally as well. I would, I would totally agree in the fact that, you know, our players, as coaches, these players depend on us really sometimes more than they, than they do their own parents. And sometimes they don't have situations where they have parents uh, in the place to support them the way that we can. And so we here at K-State, we, we continually try to get our guys to understand because, first of all, we have to understand as coaches that to live in this place of uncertainty really, hey, you know, uh, is, is a little bit frustrating. And it also requires a, a ton of mental strength from our players. So, so we as coaches try to understand that. And then we also try to get them to, to, to know and realize, man, it's just like the season. It's just like a game. You know, you go into quarter and you fumble you got to keep fighting you know what I mean and uh so so we rely on our leadership within our team to we say all the time be the mouthpiece for the coaches you know to make sure that that the messages are staying consistent in terms of what's going on in in the pack and what's going on in the big team there's a lot of questions from players okay if it's bad for them why is it not bad for us so we try to get understand that that those are two different regions of the country, and what's going on in terms of the virus is is very different in those different parts of the country. And as we listen to the medical advice uh, that that we get from our uh, doctors, one hundred percent we're going to operate off of that medical advice. And I think here in Kansas State we have great protocols to keep these players safe. 
course, it's just like in society. If we wear a mask, if we socially distance ourselves, we, we give ourselves an opportunity to stay safe. And, and we, we preach that to our players, but just like uh, in, in a large parts of society and, and uh, different regions, man, people want to do what they want to do, you know, and uh, that's not, we're not going to be successful if we don't adhere to the protocol. And, and our players, I think, for the most part, understand that we just took a COVID test today. So we'll see, you know, how, how they are following those guidelines. Go, go ahead, Mo. Hey, Coach, so I have a quick question for both of you guys. You know, I know, you know, with Corona, it's definitely opened our eyes on how we can take advantage of the technology a little bit more. So a lot of guys are getting more mental reps of looking at plays and whatnot. Uh, so in other ways, how has it changed your, your coaching, you know, philosophy on how you present information since kids are not getting the physical aspect of it anymore, but now it's all mental and getting those mental reps. Is there anything in particular that you have to kind of adjust uh, due to the unforced circumstances with Corona? Yeah, so I'll just kind of tell you at the high school level, you know, it's really been able – it's given us an opportunity to slow down. You know, uh, we don't always get the same amount of time like the, the college level. You know, they get a lot of time with the kids. And, you know, at the high school level, we're very limited on time. And so what it's done for us is instead of us just going, 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 and, you know, coaching as, as you know, getting those reps and, and coaching through those reps, we actually have the opportunity to teach even more in depth, you know. So what we've seen just from even as far as uh, virtual workouts, what we did with our summer strength and conditioning, we had to give instruction, you know, and they had to perform. And then we, we got to really analyze and critique and say, are they receiving the instruction uh, the, the way that we're providing it to them? And then we had to make adjustments along the way. So I think it's really, it has really helped with the communication piece of getting the kids to receive information instead of always visually showing them, you know, and, and obviously kids, all kids learn in different ways, but it's given us an opportunity to critique ourselves and say as coaches, we can deliver uh, what, what our message and, and it helps with the execution and everything overall. And so even with the teaching point, uh, with teaching the game of football, we able to teach a little more detail and a little more uh, closer in instruction. So. It has, it has helped. Hey, we welcome in uh, also to this uh, panel discussion, high school, college football coaches, Hank Carter, Lake Travis High School. I, I always wonder if his hand is one hand stronger than the other with all the weight of those state championship rings. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> no, we ended up pawning all those during the uh, shutdown. I mean, <laughs> no. Uh, you know, well, those rings are uh, tucked away somewhere. I haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> no. How are you guys doing? Doing good. well, man. Appreciate you, Hank. Uh, what we were talking about is, I guess, the elephant in the room. And it affects all of us, how we evolve, all of us in every aspect, but in particular you guys and your kids, how things have changed drastically. And I think Van Malone, he said it best. I, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I may be a little concerned. I'm not worried about it. It's out of our control. As far as COVID and, and how you're addressing it with the kids and, right. and how you're like keeping up with your program. Yeah, I mean, it's um, – I think coaches are typically really optimistic and, and positive thinking people. 
Um, and it's just like when things happen or a kid gets injured or, uh, or whatever happens, um, you just have, it's, it's how you respond. And so, yeah, we can't do anything about um, what's put in this, uh, in this situation. What we can do is do the best that we, that we have at our disposal to, to get our kids as ready as we can. Um, certainly, you know, right now it looks like we can't get our kids back together in person until September 8th. Um, they're not going to be in the same type of shape that they would have been had we not gone through this, but it is what it is. Uh, we've been doing virtual workouts. Our strength coaches had those going since March. Um, you know, one thing I feel like we've actually probably gained a little efficiency in the way that we do our meetings. Um, you know, a lot of times you're, you're mixing in the physical with the strength and conditioning and, and all that stuff. But now we've really gotten a chance to focus um, and meet with the kids a lot. And the video and the instruction stuff that we're doing, there, you know, there's not really a big negative to it compared to what we would do when we get them all together. And to be honest, I'm sure all you guys are, are um, looking at the same stuff. When we get our kids back in and we're playing football again, we'll probably still meet virtually quite a bit just because we can't get the kids huddled together um, in film rooms like we did before. Um, so, so for me, it's, it's kind of like, hey, we need to roll with the punches, whatever's next. We need to adapt to it and figure it out. And uh, I've been proud of how our kids and coaches have handled that. And just hope we get to get on the field and play some, play some football. Just to, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think, you know, Coach Fenner, uh, Jamal Fenner and Hank Carter with us, along with uh, Coach Van Malone at uh, Kansas State University. Uh, Jamal, you have a unique situation. Uh, LBJ always has great talent. And here recently, always had great coaching. You guys have a unique opportunity in that you, you guys dropped a classification. If everything holds true, and, and, and we're all thinking on a positive level here, how special could this season truly be if we are allowed to experience all of this, especially for you guys? Yeah, we feel it can be a, a very special year. Um, we have a very uh, we have a veteran group of kids. Uh, we have a talented group of, of kids, and so we feel like this is our year, you know. And, and that's something that we want our kids to believe. That's what we believe as a staff, and so we are. Uh, preaching and, and teaching and getting those guys to be confident and understand that hey, we can really go do something special, something that has never been done in the history uh, at LBJ. And so we, we do take pride in that. We do understand the circumstances that we, we are facing. But uh, at the same time, we're trying to get our kids to understand that it's not just going to happen. You know, they still have to put time in. They still have to prepare. And they still have to make sure that now the end of this truly independent you know we had control uh before this pandemic but now they have to take ownership and uh responsibility for making sure that they're prepared when we get the green light to play and so that's really what what the message that we're trying to send to our kids right now is that yes we do have a special group this is a, a unique year where we actually get to compete uh against numbers that are similar to us you know, and that's kind of been our, our deal in the past is we love competing at a high level. We love playing up. But at the same time, we've been at a disadvantage with numbers. And, you know, we make no excuses. We, we're going to compete and play. But us having an opportunity to play at the 4A Division One level this year, I think it is something we can do. Uh, we can do something great this year. <laughs> So, Coach French, are you guys able to start practice now? Because you guys are 4A, when 4A given a green light to start their practice, uh, was it August 3rd? Yeah, so 4A was given the green light uh, according to UIL, but we are under the Travis County Ordinance. Uh, 
uh, we're not able to do any extracurricular activities at this point. So well, and that's another part of it, you know, and that's another thing that we're talking about with our kids. We're not going to make any excuses. You know, yes, our, our district opponents, they're practicing. Uh, they had their first set of scrimmages this past weekend. And so uh, we have to make sure we're making progress every day. So we've been meeting with our kids virtually, and uh, we feel like we've been having a lot of success with teaching, you know, just the, the basic fundamentals and, and scheme of what we do. Coach Carter, I'll go ahead and ask you, and then and Coach Fenner, I'll jump back. And, and Coach, you can kind of chime in on the college level. As far as, as high school and recruiting, it's a def, definitely a different, you know, time in, in the world. As far as recruiting, I know it really hasn't kicked off, you know, to the degree it normally has. How are, how are you kind of going through the weeds with recruiting now? And is it more virtual? Are you trying to, like, you know, get more film out? I mean, how, what, what's the process? I don't think the recruiting from the um, from the high school coaching perspective has changed that much. I don't think we've seen it. One thing that is different, the, the uh, classifications that had already made the decision to push football to the spring, we have noticed that they've sped up their process a little bit. So, for example, Ivy League is a little more active this time of year than, than what I think they would have been had, you know, those guys been getting ready to go to fall camp. Mm -hmm. um, for the kids and the families, it's much different because they can't get on campus. Um, and so them having, they're doing virtual, you know, virtual visits of the schools and campuses and athletic facilities. So that's much different. Um, but up until now, you know, we've had, a, and we're kind of, we're doing those as we speak, we're having meetings with our seniors and juniors, um, just about recruiting to follow Cause a lot of parents are, are um, unsure about how this is going to affect their kids. And up until now, I've been really, really positive thinking that uh, things are going to be fine. I will say, um, if, if college football isn't able to be played and they extend an extra year of eligibility to all those guys, I'd, I'd like to, to see how that's going to play out with how many, how many high school kids are they going to offer. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, that, and that may differ from program to program. But um, we tell our kids all the time they, they're very fortunate to play at a program that, that gets a lot of visibility. That's had, we've had a lot of great players come through. So the college coaches reach out to us. Um, you know, Van was, Van's been on our campus many times and, and, uh, those, those guys come through and, and, but really the kids video and what the kids do, you know, in the games and, and in practices when college coaches are able to be back on campus and see them, that's what gets them a scholarship. It's not, um, it's not any kind of Twitter video they can put out. It's not any uh, kind of combine stuff. The, co the college coaches whose jobs depend on them making decisions about kids that can help their programs. They do it off a of video and then eventually um you know in person at practice or games so what's that's what we're preaching to our kids coach walsh from uh san marcus gave us the exact same towards the end there he's like you can go to all these trainers and whatnot but at the end of the day you know they're coming to talk to the coaches so you know I, that's that's pretty cool yeah okay coach malone all right tell me a little bit about when you write for you guys you see all these kids. What do you tell these recruits and when you're able to communicate with them? Because it's human nature to have doubt when there's no definitive date, really, because of COVID. Prospects you recruit, what do you tell them to? Just be, be cautious. Don't worry about it. We're still following you. What do you tell them to uh, ease their anxiety, so to speak? Like uh, it's like Coach Carter just said, and it's uh, first of all, it's just like the players here. It's an uncertain time, and uh, you know I do understand the apprehension, the anxiety that families and young men and even coaches have. But 
you know, there's certain things that we just can't control, you know. And so um, what I'm what we're doing here and what we've done really since since March is we've been watching kids video and we we've gone back and okay, we watch highlights. That's kind of the first order. But then, you know, we've had so much time that we go back and we watch a kid's game tape. So it's about the video. It's about the expression, the opinions of the high school coach. Uh, you know, sometimes kids send workout videos and sometimes that's helpful. Most times that's not, you know, because when I, when I look at you at a park and you're stumbling over rocks, that's not, you know, that's not good evaluation video. <laughs> what coaches say about you, what you do in actual games, that's, that's big time important. And so, again, I, I know where we are in, in as far as the, the nervousness of, about, you know, not being able to take business, not being able to take unofficial business, not being able to, to actually shake the hands of the coach or the coach come to your campus. It's just where we are. And, and it's, it's rough for the coaches. It's rough for the kids. It's rough for me, you know, because I like going out and, and watching a guy on the sidelines. I like to see him interact with his teammates. I like to, because I learn about him. I, I really get a clear evaluation of who he is, how he works. And so when I talk to these coaches, they they give that to me, you know, and, and I get to see it for myself. But we don't have that. Right. So we just we, we got to just like we don't have to do this for all of us. We don't have to work through it. You know, we don't have to figure out how to win ultimately with whatever the tools we have. No, that's big Mike. Did you? I, I was just going to say that's awesome. Yeah, that sounded awesome. No, it's awesome. And I tell you what is even better and what's amazing. All three of you guys, Coach Walsh, uh, Coach LaPlante, carving out five or ten or in this case, almost 20 minutes of your day. To enter. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Was is the interior of the man cave stories inside the man cave all you guys expected? Is this what you guys anticipated, or was it even better than you anticipated? Well, I'll be honest, Sean. My expectations for you are really high. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not pleased right now. That's funny. Good deal, gentlemen. Yeah, it's a no. pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you, guys. Sorry I got in there late. Just oh, that's okay, man. It's uh, I know how stressful it is for you. But we all know how stressful it is for you guys. And to, and to make a few moments for us, man, we appreciate it very much. We'll be in touch. If you guys want to circle back during the season, talk ball and uh, talk about recruiting. I'll be out to see those guys. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Thanks, all right. Good luck. Take care, everybody. Good to see you guys. See you. Thank you. Guys. Thank and that is a wrap for episode 30. Guys, a format change. We heard a lot of great interviews from a lot of big names in high school, college that people here locally in Austin are tied to. What do you think? What did you pull from all those? There's some optimism despite COVID. You know, I think the high school coaches are pretty much on board, right? They're all like, oh, we're going to play, we're going to play. Um, I'd be interested to see how it's going to go once the season starts because you're looking at I think they said like 9,700 kids tested positive for COVID in the schools that have gone back or something or maybe 97,000 I can't remember but um it's it's gonna be interesting I, I hope I hope that it happens I know with 
college and everything happening, you know, uh, and all these, the Pac-12 and that uh, stopping, I'm curious as to what college football is going to look like. I like their optimism, but I just, I want to see it before I believe it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach Mo, Big Mike, I, I, you know, this is a, a different type of format show. Sure. And because this week, you know, this being Friday, the day that this podcast drops, um, Tuesday nights when the big announcement that the Big 12 are going, is going to pursue a, their pursuit of actually having a football season. Well, and yes, but Bowlesby just announced during an interview here at noon that they may be playing in the spring. Well, yeah. What about the college football pro- the college football playoff? He said, "Well, I don't know. We might all be playing in the spring." So he's going to go with it for now. But don't be surprised if if, if we get pushed back to the spring, is what yeah. I'm thinking. Mo, did you get that impression? I mean, you got to respect the fact that the Big Twelve took its time, and they're saying, "Look, we're not going to jump to this canceling or postponement." Let's ride it out and see what happens. At least try it. Is that something that you can respect and, and align yeah. with? Yeah, if you can wait as long as you can, why not wait and see, see what happens? Because everything changes from a day-to-day perspective. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is jump out early on this thing and, you know, four weeks later, you'd be like, oh, damn, we could have done this and had somewhat of some kind of success. I just don't think that you, we, we should just cave in too early. Just go as long as you can. If most people understand the, the nature of what's going on and people are willing to, okay, let's just see what happens and then make a decision, but just to up and be like, uh, we're going to cancel it. You know, I, I think that's, I think that's just people finding a way not to come up with a solution. So the easiest thing is just say, Hey, we're not going to have a season. And that's that. Well, it affects more than just like the fans, right? Look at the kids yeah. that look at the kids that entered the transfer portal for Texas. There were four of them, and then they all pulled out because yeah, half the places they probably wanted to go aren't going to play. So they're like, well, I'm just going to stay here, exactly. which is a benefit like to yeah. the program you're in, I guess, for them. But I don't. I mean, I just it's a it's a lot. I think, and that you know, Coach Finner brought up a good point. What's going to happen if they? push this all the way back, give eligibility for another year, are you still going to be able to bring in 25 kids? Because your roster at that point then is going to be – Over 100. Yeah, it's going to be full. It's going to be like full, full, right? Oh, so what yeah, you- full, full. That's where you're going to run into financial issues, discrepancies, imbalance. And I'm not – I mean, I know that's not a worry for like Ohio State, Texas, A&M, the uh, – top 50, 40, or 50 FBS schools, but you go down to the MAC, the Ohio's, the Florida Internationals, down to FCS, they can't afford all those extra scholarships because FCS, yeah, there's 85 at FBS, 63 at FCS. You're going to carry over like places like Sam Houston and Stephen F. You're going to carry over an additional 22, and you got to have them all on full rides. I mean, how can these programs afford that or finance it? Got it. Yeah. I mean, guys, it, it has been a solid episode of, of discussions from not just like-minded people, but it's interesting to hear those different perspectives. And I think there's a word or a trend of positivity that I think people need to hear 
from people who are actually on the front lines instead of hearing it from the media about COVID. Is that, am I assessing that accurately for after hearing all these men talk about the sport we love, football? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I don't know. We're kind of, my thought process is just thinking right now, like, okay, like, like I said, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Like they're, they're feeling positive. They're, you know, they want football. We all love football, There's right? Hope. Like, yeah, it's hope, but hope's only going to get you like so, so far, you know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, hope is only going to get you so far. Right. At some point you have to, you just got to look in, at the facts, man. I do think I've like with coach Mo, I'd like to see why the Pac-12 and the Big Ten pulled the plug on what they're looking at, but yet the SEC and the Big 12 didn't. And I will ask you guys this question. You know, there were rumors eventually, like, sooner than later that the big, like, the top 64, you know, F Power 5 conferences were all going to get together and create their own league and bring on, like, Notre Dame and BYU um, and pick and choose some of the other, like, Boise States and, and maybe like the SMUs and Memphis and stuff like that. Um, do you think this, this pushes ahead the, the money, like the whole question? Cause I got, like I said earlier, I asked that you can look it up a few episodes earlier. I said, do you think that the kids in college will now push for more money? And that's what the kids did in pac 12. They wanted 50% revenue. I don't like to say I told you so, but I told you so. Let's start with think? Mo. Start with Mo on that one because he was a student athlete in college. Or maybe not. My, my perspective of that is that I'm on board with you on the part that there's momentum. We're, guys, we're, we're going through a revolution on so many levels, nationally, socially, politically, and on the, on the college NCAA, they, and all the programs of the NCAA in every division. But let's be honest with right here. Only FBS or Division One is where these athletes are truly going to benefit from their likeness. I think they're, they're going to be unionized. I mean, is that too strong of a word to say they're on the trajectory to forming their own players' union, so to speak? Well, they are. They clearly are. Uh, but I just think, man, like, I can't compare to, like, when I played because when I played, it was a different era. And getting paid to play – was like taboo like it just didn't happen it wasn't going to happen so well, i mean under, under the table yeah well cars yeah. <laughs> yeah. under under the table shit happened but you knew most players knew that the only people that was getting played for under the under the table shit was you know the how the the big the big name players you know, like your right. average offensive lineman, D lineman, yeah. they weren't getting paid. You know, only your receivers and running backs and QBs. So, it's you know what? If the players can form a union, I don't know how that would look, man. I think it would be a it, it would change the game of college football to a point where I don't know if we would like it as fans anymore because it would be too controlled by money. And college is controlled now by money, but the play, you can see the passion and the love for the game when they play. Yeah. But when you go to the pro level, you can tell it's all about the money. On some plays, you can see a guy, you know, not doing a certain play because he's like, oh, shit, I don't want to get injured. I got to get paid. Oh, so, yeah, just dogging it and whatnot. 
Well, yeah. you can yeah. define, how do you define amateurism? Well, I mean, you can give a broad answer, but amateurism now, listen, I, I used to be the guy who would say, dude, you get a full academic scholarship. Your meals are paid for at least Monday through Friday. And you have room and board. But that has evolved for me over the last five years. And we're all on board on that because the m amount of money generated off each of these guys, particularly football and the basketball schools, the elite, why not? And it's, things have changed. And I think the way everyone's thinking has, has evolved too. So what would be in that area where everyone would accept? What would be something that would be accepted in the social atmosphere? Well, they're gonna have to come up, they're gonna have to come up with like a base pay for every, for like tier it for top programs and lower, and then you start tiering. You can't have like Sam Ellinger making, you know, 50,000 a year and then having like the backup quarterback, let's say Hudson Carter, or um, who's the other backup for Texas right now? Um, there's another guy. Oh, uh, Thompson. Thompson. Thompson making like five grand. This can't work like that. So you'd have to be like each student gets fifteen hundred a month or a thousand a month or whatever. If that or, each that's a good point. Or you can do this here. We say, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna create a safety net for you after you finish school or finish playing ball and give them the money once they leave. Yeah. So it's incentive based to make them stay in school, finish Graduate. the program, and then they get their money when they leave. And that way they're not even spending it. They're not blowing it over dumb shit. The school right. has set it up to where, okay, here's your, at the end of four years you play, here's your, you know, 100K. Whatever. I'm just throwing a number out there. Yeah. And that you can take that money. If you don't go to play pro ball, you, you can, can use take that hundred gate. Yeah, you can use it to whatever you want. Like a trust. Yeah, like a trust or something. But you know, they'll get taxed on everything, which is normal. Um, the other thing too that I think that, that might change out of all this is if those kids say uh like uh Malcolm Roach or maybe we'll say like Will Jordan Humphrey is the one I can use for the most recent who's like, all right, I'm going to get drafted. And then all of a sudden not, you don't get drafted. Let's say you didn't hire an agent. You went through come the back. combine and then, you, and then you can come back your senior year. If you didn't get drafted, you're able to come back. Because if you declare, you're, it's not like you can't come back anymore. You know, that needs to be fixed hopefully through all this as well. That's antiquated, just like the overall NCAA. That's an antiquated rule. But yet, but like you said, you didn't hire an agent. I think they should be able to have an advisor, but not yeah. hire an agent. Um, guys, it is uh, I, this is one of my favorite additions. I know, and I know, just for all of you listening, we will be making some changes to the stories inside the man cave, and we're kind of experimenting right now. Um, but give us a shout, uh, stories inside the man cave podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and give us and send us each private messages um, at Last Stand Hats and then Coach Mo, Coach Mo Fitness, and, of course, myself at Sean C underscore ATX. And, man, much love to everyone who listens to us. And 
Much love to my favorite two co-hosts a guy could ever ask for. And that is a wrap on episode 30. For Big Mike and Coach Mo, we out. Mike, yo ass up. Bye. We good, player.